Next on Rugby Wrap-Up, the man behind the must-see documentary exposing Pacific Island rugby corruption, world rugby apathy, and tier one nation greed, Daniel Leo. Rugby Wrap-Up brought to you in part by The Pig and Whistle, the world's best rugby pub. The Murphy Kennedy Group, founded with the idea that construction can be done better. And Lean and Limber, stretching your way to a healthier lifestyle. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to Rugby Wrap-Up. Matt McCarthy in Midtown Manhattan. Thank you for joining us once again. And I have the pleasure of being joined by my colleague on the Upper West Side and often co-host, Mr. Stephen Lewis, the reigning two-time USA Rugby Coach of the Year and current General Manager of Rugby United New York when he is not in charge of the Jamaica Sevens program, both male and female. He's on the Upper West Side and calling in from Brisbane, uh, a man that is we're not worthy to have on this show. Mr. Daniel Leo, uh, you might recognize him from his playing days, a Samoa legend, uh, but also he's had a great professional career, which we'll get to in a moment. But I just wanted to welcome Daniel. It's great to have you. Oh, it's a pleasure to be here, guys. Thanks for having me, Mency. Dad, just quickly, your playing career, before we get into the real reason why you're on here, not that we couldn't just be talking about your playing career, starting with the Queensland Reds Academy and a handful of matches with the Queensland Reds. Then it was on to London Wasps, Bordeaux, uh, Perripion, I'm butchering that, London Irish, London Welsh, and of course, your 39 caps for Samoa, but it is your exceptional documentary, Oceans Apart, Grief, Betrayal, and Pacific Island Rugby that has you here today. The reason there will be no change is because the people who stand to lose from change have all the power. And the people who stand to gain from change have none of the power. This sums up the game of rugby today. We actually play games where we get nothing from it. That is ridiculous. Uh, yeah, um, you know, my, my resume, my rugby playing resume probably uh, makes me sound a little bit better than I actually was, um, which probably um, was uh, common sense that I was expendable to, to the team and, 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 and an obvious person to bring, uh, bring forth some of the issues that we had um, uh, with our own union. You know, um, losing me uh, for, for speaking out wasn't probably um, as, uh, as, as bad as losing some of those other key players, uh, Alessandro Tuilangi, for instance. Um, but uh, yeah, it is what it is. Um, yeah, really excited to, to have the film and thanks for, thanks for watching it, uh, first and foremost. I uh, hope you paid for it three times, Matt. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> Amazon Prime. Um, that'll, definitely, that'll definitely make a, it was on Prime, okay, fair Amazon enough. Amazon Prime, I'm not, pi this right. is one of the few yeah, things yeah. I haven't pirated. <laughs> Steve, it's always these guys that are humble, right? 39 caps, international team, professional career. But uh, he's doing something special down there. And, and when you talked about speaking out and, getting, and, and basically spilling the beans, so to speak, and getting released from the team, why don't you explain that? Yeah, it's it's, uh, it's it's a catch twenty two really um, when it comes to playing for Pacific Island Rugby. Is this, um, the uh, the proximity of 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 our of our politicians and our senior politicians, and also that respect culture that is uh, ingrained into us. Um, you don't question uh, authority, even when you see things are wrong. Uh, there's a there's a very um, a real stigma against uh, you know questioning uh, elders in, in our in our 
community. So uh, when you do do that, um, you can be, um, it's, it's very um, countercultural for us and very, very difficult for us. Um, so yeah, um, unfortunately the, the result was um, for, for, for making these kinds of stands while I was a player was, um, was that, I, that I didn't play any more rugby uh, for the national side and, and not just myself, there were a number of players, you know, um, that went before me who were, touched with the same brush. Uh, Mohanri Shwoga, uh, who was our captain in 2011, questioned uh, the whereabouts of um, millions of uh, dollars that we had uh, raised publicly. Um, the answers weren't forthcoming, but again, he was, he was cut from the... Uh, so, so I think really to frame it for perhaps your viewers, that there are two issues, and Dan, jump in and correct me here at any time. Mm -hmm. The treatment of the Pacific nations by the governing body, World Rugby, and by other unions, the home unions, and particularly New Zealand and Australia, in terms of using talent, extracting talent. Um, and then the second issue which comes out is, is what Dan is alluding to there, whereby those island unions, Tonga, Fiji, and Samoa, um, their administrations have been by no means um, pure. That's, you, you've, you've hit the nail on the head there, Steve, and, and actually the, the byproduct of those two issues coming together is, uh, you know, the, the ones that lose out are the, the current players in the, uh, you know, um, in both in the national teams, but also the, the, the players at grassroots who have, have no options but to leave those, their, you know, their parents, leave their families um, due to the lack of infrastructure there that is a result of, of, of those two forces coming together um, and the lack of uh, resources, um, but also, you know, lack of professional professional pathways and, and opportunity uh, there that's there for them. So yeah, um, unfortunately, it's, it's, a, it's a tough one because uh, as, as I journey through and, you know, it was, um, we, we try and give a, you know, a balanced um, uh, opinion on, on, on both of those issues uh, by providing, um, you know, and that was one of the key things with the documentary that we wanted to do. We didn't want it to come um, to be, you know, my, my, um, opinions as a player and my experiences actually it was important that we, we we delve deeper than that because as a players we just we just always lumped that uh that that blame i guess on on our own politicians those are the ones that were visible um you know they were they were easier to it was easier to see what was uh you know uh, it was all right in front of us in terms of what was going missing uh the embezzlement of funds etc um but what we didn't probably quite realize was this overarching um issue with the uh with the system that probably needs to be addressed of this to be any any change moving forward 2014 twickenham you guys were about to play england samoa and you hadn't gotten any money you hadn't gotten paid even basics and you guys were going to strike and then you were assured that that you would get paid that it would be all honky-dory that wasn't the case you played the game and then a couple of you rang the bell and got cut because you opened your mouths right yeah, that's right. It's uh, as I said, it is really, really tough. Um, and Tonga's the same, actually. Tonga, have got, uh, the, the prime minister, is very close to to the unions. Um, uh, the difficulty, I guess, is you know we are small countries. You know, Tonga's only a hundred thousand, hundred ten thousand people. Samoa's uh, two hundred fifty thousand. So, naturally, the proximity that, um, uh, of the politicians is going to be a bit closer anyway to to our unions. Um, but um, yeah, um, we need to be able to move away from that um, model, Matt, um, if we if we're going to make change because there is a bit of uh, political ragdoll um, that rugby's been used for. Um, you know, the, the politicians know that we, you know, our people love rugby. They live and breathe rugby. So um, if they can control, uh, you know, the rugby unions, uh, they control hearts and minds of the people. The other, the other part of it is that you're, you're a big guy, right? You've played a lot of rugby. You're not afraid of a little, uh, a little contact or whatever. But you could tell that you were, you were wary or intimidated somewhat, and probably rightfully so, 
of going to talk to your prime minister slash chairman about this malfeasance, if you will, because there was a, a million bucks that went unaccounted for. And yeah. then you're going to go talk to him because you had spoken out about it. And then he, he kind of charms you in on film. Mm. And you do say you might've been charmed by that. I'm just wondering, and I get this all the time. Did you let him off too easy? Well, obviously there's, there's a cultural context and we had to do it respectfully um, um, because I knew that uh, um, my parents uh, living, you know, being uh, from Samoa and, and, and still living there at the time um, and my other family members, I don't want to make life uh, too hard on them by me coming across yeah. and really, um, um, and, 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 and also, you know, we, we, we want to work with these, these um, people um, moving forward. I think that's part of the, the answer is a collaborative approach. So, um, but yeah, I, I think um, definitely the other, the other thing was, is it was actually, I went to, to his office and uh, five minutes before, uh, we're about to do the interview. He 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 said that he he didn't want to do it anymore. And actually, the only way I could do the interview with him, um, it wasn't a normal interview style. Uh, you know, questions going back and forth like uh, we're having now. It was actually he he had all the he had all my questions printed out in front of him, and I didn't I actually didn't ask him any of the questions that I had. He he picked he cherry picked Head the ones that he, want, he wanted to answer. And uh, there was two two. Um, two government employees standing just off camera, um, making sure that I, you know, that I towed the line, that I didn't um, get too uh, pushy uh, within that interview. So it probably was yeah, a little bit uh, biased in that respect. And it, yeah, it meant that I couldn't ask, you know, the, the, the hunky dories of, of, you know, of some of the questions that I really, you know, really wanted to, to, to nail them on. But um, hopefully within that, um, you know, it still, still works. I think I was equally uncomfortable with uh, the amount of uh, statues of Jesus he had around uh, all around him that he was staring, <laughs> staring back at me as well. It made me feel very, uh, very unholy. Yeah. <laughs> Steve, in comparison, in Fiji, the prime minister became prime minister in a military coup, right? So I, you, you were interviewing another player, a Fijian player, and he was talking about how, yeah, Frank, I'm not going to mess with Frank, right? Yeah, I mean, speaking truth to power is never easy, right? Even for us here. So, Dan, you're to be commended. I've actually been following you a little bit since that initial Samoa game at Twickenham. And you've been pretty outspoken. You're to be commended for, for speaking up for your fellow players and players from that region. Um, just to flip it back to the world rugby thing, talking about speaking truth to power. I mean, I thought Gosper did not come out of that, in, that, that film well. Um, as a coach of Jamaica Sevens, I get the same thing all the time about World Rugby growing the game. And it's to paint lip service. They're in cahoots. Um, the fact that Pacific Island players can go to European clubs and it can be, they're more incentivized not to play for their country than to play for that French club or that English club is a nonsense. It's exploitation. And, and World Rugby know it. They pay lip service to reform but nothing ever happens it, it, it's 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 depressing to be honest and uh, so i think your film does a good job exposing this to a wider audience what's the mechanism do you think whereby world rugby money can be honestly invested and honestly used in, in fiji samoan time given the current situation i think um i think the, the the strategy that they've got in place um with the high performance units uh in terms of professional uh um the, you know the professional side of the game has actually um got scope to work where they have uh you know 
fully qualified uh, personnel uh, um, administering any any world rugby funds that are coming in and and signing off on any expenditure um, as as per you know uh, the tier one nations around the world the similar models being adopted there and we're starting to see uh, the fruits of that uh, you know um, Simon Rowalui is uh, in that role in Fiji rugby now and doing an incredible an incredible job and and look where Fiji are you know out of the three Pacific Island nations um, you know they're the ones that have, have made um, remarkable steps over the last probably four or five years um, so um, but yeah it's, it's got to be a, it's a bit about that but um, for me it's um, it's how, how do we how do we actually invest this money into the grassroots because that's where the that's where the difficulty is is that uh, you go to you go to Samoa and Tonga and there's no there's no junior rugby there until you start high school so unless until you until you hit 12 years old you're not playing in any competitive games not learning any of the you know the technical side you might have played a, a fair bit of beach rugby and backyard rugby but nothing nothing structured so that's for me is where you know the you know the, the base of the pyramid that needs to be invested in um, if we're going to um, you know if we're going to actually you know r- rise you know raise the top of that of that pyramid um, figuratively speaking so how's that done um, for, for for me it's the experienced guys going back, setting up in the islands and actually um, getting into those administrative roles. Um, but also, you know, there's, there's got to be more uh, money in the pot to, to go around in the first place because a lot of, a lot of the time those, those roles are volunteer, uh, volunteer roles. And, you know, with, with volunteers, and that, this is the, the issue that came up when I spoke to the Samoan Rugby Union. So, so, yeah. so, you, so the high-performance money, you're quite confident that it's now being channeled correctly and appropriately that, that that's that's good to know that's yeah in, in fiji in fiji it is uh samoa and tonga um samoa's getting better um as, as we learned through the, through the film tonga still got its struggles and that's largely to do with uh um a ceo that um that was um that was there as an interim uh Supposedly for six months, who 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 maintained the helm of power for for four years, um, and the fact that world rugby funding has been frozen to Tonga um, up until very recently, uh, due to ongoing governance uh, concerns. So for me, that's again um, to those incentives. You know, if, if there's no money there to to be embezzled, then then the wrong people will step away for the you know um, in time. Um, so, so yeah, it comes back to you know to, to to more definitive approaches from world rugby, I think, and actually being willing to hold uh, these countries to account. Because, as uh, Brett Gosper said, you know, the, the fact that you know they can't hold prime ministers of countries to account, um, you know, is uh, you know, and that and there are people involved for the wrong reasons. Um, you know, is for me, if if it's a governing body, they've got to, they've got to have the remit to be able to go in there and, and actually, you know, um, you know, have some teeth and, and sort sort the situation out. It can't be that we're just going to allow um, you know these countries to be sovereign unions and and uh, and, and drown themselves at the at, at the same time. But here's a couple of points. As an American looking at this, you guys don't have to go through the process of introducing kids to the game of rugby, which is what we have to do here. So for me. The fact that it's just cash and you don't need a lot of it is inexcusable that you guys aren't getting this kind of backing, some, some kind of backing whatsoever. United States, we have a bigger task. We have an enormous country, geographically and geopolitically enormous, and we have kids that don't know rugby that we have to introduce. So there's that part of the pyramid for us. Well, I'm looking at you guys, and everybody is passionate and in their respective villages, they all want to play rugby. It's a no-brainer. And it is, uh, it's yeah, just, it is. again, it gets back to that turkeys voting for Thanksgiving, right? You know, 
you're, you're the farm team. You know, if, if it's the, if it's Major League Baseball or the NHL, this is a farm system for the tier ones. Yeah, not, and not just the, the tier one now, uh, now, Matt. You know, we're, we're seeing it more and more around the world. Um, you know, Spain now is the uh, largest recruiter of, of Pacific Island, non-cap Pacific Island players. Um, uh, Romania as well. I was in Romania uh, f- filming, and uh, you know, there was one team that I, that I went and visited there who had uh, you know nine nine Fijian players in one side. You know, so um, I guess it's the um, at the crux of what you what you're getting to is, is yes, we we are rugby playing nations, and uh, let's hope let's hope we stay that way. But there are a lot more tier two and three nations who probably wouldn't be necessarily see them as rugby playing uh, as rugby being their national sports who want to get to that status. And, and as you say, we are a, a, convey, a conveyor belt of talents uh, in their eyes uh, to, to develop their national programs and, and, and competitions very quickly because you can get a, a you know, a finished, a near, near finished product for, for next to, to, to no money. So it's, it's, a, it's a bit about that as the game develops, um, you know, part of the film, but the wider um, objective of, of Pacific rugby players welfare as, a, as an organization is protecting, you know, those young players and that next generation of players coming through as, you know, hopefully a rugby state make, you know, goes from strength to strength as a, as a world game and as a professional sport. I probably should have mentioned that you're with the Pacific Players, Pacific Rugby Players Welfare Organization, right? Is that that the the, the yeah, actual I'll name of it? And you guys are doing great work. I mean, you just mentioned Romania. You you saved a guy and got him his kidney, right? Yeah, it's. Um, I mean, there's a lot, always lots of work to do there. We've got uh, we represent over 600 players worldwide now. Um, a few of those actually who are starting to to play in the MLR competitions as well, who. Um, um, you know, we, we want to support. We've actually got um, you know two two American reps on our on our on our board, and Andrew Duratalo and uh, uh, Sunula and um, Shalom. Which Sunula. are the which are the flying Sunula brothers? Did you? Uh, Shalom, Shalom, it is. Uh-huh. Yeah. So they bring great a uh, great wealth of experience to uh, to our board, and we wanted to add those guys and. Um, uh, before you guys get to a position where you know you're like Europe, where we're, we're behind the eight ball and trying to catch up with a lot of the issues that f- affect our, our community, and in those two guys, they bring you know a huge amount of not just experience but uh, mana respect uh, in the game um, amongst amongst our communities. So it was key that we yeah we got a, a bit of you know in front of the eight ball there in, in the states, but um, the, the reality is is that that's what ta- you know. Um, in, in, in places like uh, like France and Italy, that, like you mentioned, Steve, um, you know it's it's already too late. We're just we're, you know we're constantly um, you know we've got no way of knowing how you know who's there, how many players are there, who's there with their families um, until they arrive. And um, yeah, so we'd like to be a bit more proactive, hopefully, um, with the, the way that the game is going in the states and how that develops. But um, yeah, in uh, in Europe, it's still very very tough uh, tough times ahead. All right, yep. guys, we have to take a quick break been blind since I was four and I've never seen a beer commercial or a beer label none of that stuff influences me I drink beer because of the taste and my beer is Pabst Blue Ribbon it has the taste and the flavor what do you think's on the label I think there's a, a naked woman riding on a unicorn jumping over fire That's good beer. If you're in New York City and want to watch some great rugby, have some great food, and some great times, go to the world's best rugby pub, The Pig & Whistle, on West 36th Street. 
we're out here at Segra Field for what we're calling the first look to give our state our fans a look at our new stadium where Old Glory will be playing in 2021 and beyond. Segra Field, just east of Leesburg, Virginia. Now, Chris, I heard that there was a list of people that are prohibited from coming to games ever at the Old Glory Stadium. Can you tell us about that list and who is on it? Absolutely. Everybody in America knows there are some rugby players you just don't want at your rugby game. Top of the list has got to be Matt McCarthy. I don't think we're ever going to let that guy in anything we do. Good, good idea. Good idea. Thank you. And we are back. Matt McCarthy, Steve Lewis, and Daniel Leo calling in from Brisbane. Stephen, you have to go soon. So what was it that you needed to speak about? And I'm bursting to say, yeah, I think well, one of the quick fixes that World Rugby could address very quickly is to adopt uh, Olympic uh, eligibility and adopt citizenship. The reason Pacific, one of the reasons Pacific players are getting uh, recruited, identified, recruited, and taken away young to be project players in other countries, okay? And then you, you have these guys playing for their countries, fine for them individually and for their families. We get the economic reasons. But in the Olympics, it's simple, citizenship. If you're not a citizen, you can't play for that country. And Scotland, my country, are as guilty as anyone with South African project players. But if World Rugby, that's a very quick fix that Pichot wanted to make. He extended it from three years to five years, but he didn't win out, Beaumont won out. So World Rugby does have the ability to change some of these conditions um, that could impact us very quickly, and that's one of them. So that, that was kind of, I, I just feel very passionate about that. One. I, yeah, I, I agree, Steve. You know, there's, 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 there's lots of questions that we raise around, around citizenship. And, and, um, and we, need to, we need to be, um, you know, as a sport, we need to be reflective of what society is these days. And a lot of people, look, you're, you're, a, Scot, you're a Scot living in, in, in the States. I'm a, you know, I'm a, I'm a Samoan Kiwi living in, in, in Australia. Um, I'm sure you've got some heritage. Matt, you're probably, you know, what's, what's your heritage? But, you know, this McCarthy, is the thing. I'm an Irish. <laughs> You're Irish, eh? Yeah. So, um, so, so nobody's one, one thing anymore, you know? Here's my point. Here's my point. If, you, if you stop it at source, how do you make the domestic infrastructure in those countries good enough? Do you have a, a team in Super Rugby? Do you have a team in the MLR? Those are the ways forward, I think. Those are the solutions. Hey, Gents, I'm yeah. going to jump. Dan, I could speak all day, mate. Uh, listen, keep up the good work. You're doing a good job. It's a great film. Um, and Matt, I'll catch you later, pal. Sorry, I have to go. No problem. Go Excellent. do your thing. Thanks, Steve. Thanks for stopping in, Steve. For, for me, the eligibility issue is is a um, secondary to some of the other issues that need addressing first. Uh, you know, this 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 mention of a homecoming law and allowing players to go back and play at the end of their careers. It's going to be a, it'll be a you know a, a quick term fix maybe in in certain situations. But uh, you know, if we can stop those guys, um, you know, you know, if we can create a level playing field which makes it equally as lucrative to play for Samoa or the All Blacks, for instance, you know, how many of those players might play for you know for their their Pacific Island heritage? But a couple of, a couple of stunning points for me out of, out of the documentary was when you were sitting there with, with Brett Gosper. I bet Brett, nice, nice guy. Um, but it, it was, I was insulted for you when he laughed about the voting equality issue of how maybe tier two nations could get more of a say in, in, the, in the boardroom with, a, with maybe not sharing nine votes amongst thousand countries. Right, and have a little bit more of a say, and he's, <laughs> you know, well, not, not, well, not on my watch. Maybe not while I'm here, but. <laughs> Hello! Hello! Uh, but that was one thing, and then the the idea about, hey, how about ten percent of the gate for a tier two nation at a tier one 
match because they don't come to our nations, A, and play, and B, we don't get a dime when we go over there. You, you know, your, your perfect example is Samoa playing at Twickenham. Twickenham guys who are getting 20, 20K with 20,000 20, pounds and you guys are getting 800 bucks if you get it. You know, I, I was the media manager for Team USA. I know what those guys got. They yeah. got 125 bucks a game, yeah. Yeah. right? And, you know, on the other side of the fence, they're playing England. or they play, I, I was at two years ago as a civilian. I went to see Team USA play Ireland at a sold-out Aviva Stadium in Dublin. Hmm. And Team USA didn't get any money for that. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, and his answer was even more ridiculous. Oh, well, you know, uh, it's kind of up to the host nation. And, you know, we, we, can, we can't really do anything. Yeah, you can. You can do something. And, and to say that on camera that you can't do anything is really disingenuous. And it's, your patience with him was remarkable. <laughs> um, well, again, again uh, you know, we, we, you know we, we, it was important that we, uh, we were, you know, no, no matter how uh, infuriating some of the, 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 the answers we got and, and all the, the, you know, the, the interviews, you know, we, we had to maintain this, uh, this, this respect. It was important that this was the Pacific Island uh, rugby story told in our way and t told within our cultural norms. So, yeah, it's, it's not the, you know, I know if there was other presenters, they probably would have fired um, quick shot, you know, questions back and really um, held them to account on some of those things. Um, but, yeah, for me, you know, you, 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 you bring a, 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 an important point up because um, it was unsatisfactory, particularly the, the answer on, on, on the influence on that board. Um, and the fact that so many countries have so little influence, um, but not just that, um, is, is, is you know the fact that a lot of those uh, you know that three vote status is unachievable for all nations. And if we're going to actually you know say that we're we're a sport of equality, fairness, um, you know, and inclusivity, we ain't. We've got we've got to start living that. And if there's uh, systematic issues which stop that from happening. We've got to get rid of them. We've got to be we've got to be able to look at ourselves retrospect. As much as we love this game, we all love this game. We want it to get better, and the way we get it better is by holding um, you know our governing bodies to account. And um, you know, like 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 anybody, you know, um, Brett Gosper, you know, uh, Bill Sweeney at the RFU, um, you know, our prime minister, some that they are they they reflect they have to be reflective of of the of the needs and the wishes of the rugby public so the onus is on us and that was why we wanted to make a you know the film and get it out there was uh hopefully to educate our um you know the rugby public to to be able to affect uh, change and uh, put pressure on on guys like bill beaumont and uh you know and 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 and, and you know and the rugby administrations to uh to affect um positive change for where we want to take this great sport you know i, I thought Pichot did a great job despite the fact that he lost he didn't just accept the vice chairman position he ran against the yeah. chairman, right? And brought up some issues. And it takes guys like that. It takes guys like you. Uh, and, you know, credit to you because you're not a trained presenter. You're not a, no. you know, you did this on your own. People that are going to give you a hard time about not asking the hard questions, they have no idea what it's like to be in that situation. I have an inkling of what that's like in answering and yeah, asking yeah. difficult yep. questions face-to-face, one-on-one, and you got two people standing over your shoulder. They don't get it. But, but this is a it's it's a huge step. It's not a small step. It's a huge step forward. And I and I congratulate you on it. 
Oh, thanks, mate. Yeah, no, I was, uh, I was probably a pretty unlikely character. I'm not the most well-spoken or quick-witted of, of, of guys, but, um, you know, um, I had experiences and I, and I had a, you know, a passion to, 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 to bring these, um, these issues to light. So hopefully that comes across uh, okay, mate. I appreciate you having me and, you know, and, 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 and promoting the film because we do want positive change to come from it. And hopefully, if anything, it's just, you know, um, inspired some positive discussion around all of these issues. But, uh, yeah, we need, we need, we need, we need, we um, need, results to come from this and there's been a lot of talk uh, over the years about how you know we can you know get the best out of the pacific islands and do the best by them um, but it's it is real time for, for change uh, matt so uh, yeah let's hope that this can be part of the, the part of that solution well i think the simple solution is to get some big corporate dollars to build academies that have actually very good schools in the countries and keep the kids in the countries yeah and that'd be nice if you've got, if you've got, if you've got any context if you've got any connections to dwayne johnson over there uh Proud, uh, proud just, someone, I'll dial up the rock. Someone rugby for the next, uh, the next century. <laughs> well, well, we'll certainly get him. We'll, we'll hammer him on this with, with on Twitter. Certainly, maybe get him in there. But it's, it's, been, it's been an honor and a pleasure to have you on, sir. And I urge everyone to watch and actually pay for and not pirate. Oceans <laughs> Apart: Greed, Betrayal, and Pacific Rugby. Uh, yeah, thanks. Thanks heaps, Matt. Really appreciate that. That was, that was great. Thanks for asking uh, and going places where uh, yeah, people probably don't want to sometimes go. It's a bit uncomfortable, but uh, it's got to be said, doesn't it? I'm uh, embarking on this whole project, mate. I'm, I'm probably the most hated person in, uh, in World Rugby uh, offices at the moment. But uh, hey, one, one day, hopefully that will change and we might get all get back uh, invited mate, back into the, into the, uh, into the folder. Circle, right? Yeah. <laughs> all right. We'll, we'll make a new circle. Yeah, 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 true. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> on that Appreciate note, it. on behalf of Mr. Daniel Leo, I'm Matt McCarthy for Rugby Wrap-Up, signing off.